I would like to say that digital supply chain is where business happens. This is where products are designed, they are made, they are stored, they are shipped. And supply chain remains the highest influence on the business. So I would say the future of supply chain is positive from a logistics perspective. Welcome to the Future of Supply Chain podcast. My name's Richard Howells. I'm a Vice President for Thought Leadership for SAP's ERP, Finance and Supply Chain Solutions. And I'm joined by my co-host, Nicole. Hi, everyone. I'm Nicole Smythe, and I'm a blogger, podcaster, and marketer in the supply chain space here at SAP. So today we have a great episode ahead with an awesome colleague of ours, Cam Gosaini, to discuss logistics' vital role in the supply chain and how that role has transformed over the past few years. So welcome, Cam. Thank you so much for joining us here today on the podcast, and it is so great to have you on. And we're super excited for an awesome episode ahead. So to kick us off, if you could just take a moment to introduce yourself, dive a bit into your background, and of course, what you do today here at SAP. Thank you for having me, Richard and Nicole. I've spent my entire professional career, which is almost 25 years in supply chain. I worked originally as a technology supply chain consultant with several best-of-breed supply chain companies across Europe, the UK, and the Middle East before joining SAP in Dubai 10 years ago. In 2017, I relocated with SAP to Chicago in the US, and my role today as a national lead for logistics, part of the Digital Supply Chain Center of Excellence. I'm focusing on helping our customers uncover their business and logistics challenges, help them determine the operational and the financial impact on their business. And what's interesting, I work also with the extended team with SAP to provide our customers with a roadmap to help address these challenges. And usually it involves business transformations and SAP technologies. Awesome. Well, I couldn't think of a better person to join us here today, so it'll be great. So ever since the start of the pandemic back in 2020, the world has put such a strong focus on supply chain from empty shelves and missing items just a few years ago to now shifting into more resilient and innovative networks. So to set the stage here for our listeners, how has logistics been impacted over the past few years and how have companies adapted? Yeah, you know, the pandemic has had a profound impact on the logistics industry. As you said, it caused significant disruptions globally, and it forced many companies to change and adapt their operations in order to survive. As you said, many companies faced by closing factories, labor shortages, increasing shipping costs, and a lot more. But I always see the pandemic as a catalyst for companies. Uh, it was a catalyst for many companies to embark on a digital transformation and expedite, for example, their e-commerce strategy, invest in automation and robotics, adopt new technologies and diversify their supply chain. And what I noticed is that the companies who invested in these new technologies and managed to diversify their supply chain they have built a more resilient and efficient logistics operations, and it's visible today. So we've talked about the past. Now let's take a look into the future and talk about some of the emerging trends. What are you seeing driving trends, challenges, and opportunities for companies in the area of supply chain logistics as we look into 2024 and beyond? 
Yeah, uh, you know, a month ago, we had a logistics event in SVP headquarters in Newtown Square in Philadelphia. And Adrian Gonzalez, who's the founder of Talking Logistics and Indigo, he shared a very interesting survey. So I will steal some of these trends that I agree with. And he asked about the trends that expected to play a bigger role in the next five years. And I'm sure you won't be surprised when you hear that the artificial intelligence and machine learning is on top of the list. And I think we all agree how fast that chat GPT is moving. It's considered the fastest growing consumer application in history today. Imagine it estimated 100 million monthly users in just two months. The second thing which I see today at every customer asking about is robotics. And here we're talking about the autonomous mobile robots, but also collaborative robots. And hopefully if time permits, we can cover this topic in details later. But the companies in North America, mainly in the U.S., last year they ordered around 44,000 robots and for a value of $2.4 billion, which is almost 20% increase over the prior year. So you see, the, uh, these two trends alone have created many opportunities for companies to automate and be more resilient. Other things which, and if we look at these as opportunities and there may be a trend, there is also some challenges. So one challenge it's good to have, which is sustainability initiatives and regulations. And today we see more of these regulations in Europe and even in the US, California has already implemented these regulations. And Supply chain alone generates almost 60% of the all the uh, 60% of all the global emission, carbon emission globally. The second thing, which is sad, but it's labor shortage, and I would like to say that labor shortage is here to stay. Just as a follow-on from that, how are you seeing automation and robotics uh, address the labor shortage issue? Uh, is it that they're replacing jobs? Are they augmenting jobs? Are they making people more productive? It's a very good, very good question. And many people worry about that maybe AI or robotics will replace. Absolutely, they will replace the repetitive job. But the history have taught us that, that companies who adapt innovation and uh, go in this direction have managed to create a lot of value. So some jobs might be lost, some repetitive jobs might be lost, but a lot of new jobs and a lot of benefits will be realized. So I don't see it as a challenge. I see it as an opportunity. Absolutely. And speaking about the info days earlier too, they're always my favorite. I love attending them. I always feel like I learned so much from it. So I hope our listeners can even start to get a glimpse into what we get to learn at these days, especially the logistics one that you just spoke about with Adrian. And then, of course, the robotics that we see in our factory in the Newtown Square office. So with the robotics and the labor shortages kind of going hand in hand, how can that innovation with the robotics really play a role moving into the future? And what is the value and some of the factors that can be considered? We know today that robotics are able to perform tasks that are repetitive, sometimes dangerous, sometimes requires physical power beyond the capabilities of humans, let's say moving a heavy item or an equipment. A good example of 
the robotics used in a warehouse, uh, if I want to simplify it, is picking, packing, sorting, packaging, loading, and loading. And this by itself is helping to improve efficiency and reduce labor costs. So uh, as we can see, while we see robotics as a potential and significantly addressing labor shortage, there is a number of factors that companies need to consider when looking at robotics. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing which always comes to mind is cost. So robotics is a significant investment. But I always tell really my customers, if it's robotics or it is automation, is don't only look at the cost. Look at the cost of the cost of the robotics. Look at the cost of not doing anything. And for example, if your warehouse is shut down for a couple of days because you don't have employees or you don't have skilled laborers or you produce the wrong item, the cost is much higher. So there is always value. And I wouldn't say it's across all organizations, but a lot of companies we're working with, we're seeing a lot of value. The second thing, which is very important today when we talk about robotics, is the need of integrating these robotics with your IT system. You need to ensure that these robotics are communicating efficiently with your system and providing value to the business. And I want to talk a little bit about SAP because we realized this very early and we created an add-on to the SAP Extended Warehouse Management System, which we call SAP Warehouse Robotics. And what's interesting about this add-on is it allows our customers to add robots and heterogeneous robots because this robot is changing. There is a lot of variety in the market. So you can add heterogeneous robots and adding these robots in, a, in weeks, uh, which means providing very quick time to value. One of our customers in Germany, Bechtel, they... Uh, I think five weeks, they added new robots to an existing EWM operation, which was great. So they managed to realize value very quickly. The last point I want to talk about is today there is a wide variety of robots available. And many companies are starting with a pilot. They had to assess the feasibility, making sure they are working with the correct robotics company before they are investing in a large scale. And the last thing I want to repeat, I know I might have mentioned this before, about the concern about lost jobs in AI. Uh, innovation always creates opportunities. It always allowed companies to grow. So the people who would benefit from these solutions in supply chain are those who will em embrace this change and use the technology for their advantage. You were just talking right at the end how that's an opportunity to work in tandem now with robotics instead of it being seen as a replacement. And I think a lot of it can come from that institutional knowledge that workers have that feel that if robotics come in, that that can't be replaced. So how would you say with these workers working with this new technology, how can they combat that learning curve that might be happening, but also keeping that institutional knowledge that is still relevant in that workplace? Very good. Can I uh, just uh, diversify a little bit and talk about the, maybe if we look at the challenges with the labor force today, it will mm -hmm. help us understand how to answer your question better. Yeah, so perfect. today, if you look at the labor force today in supply chain, if I want to list maybe four points. First, it's considered not attractive. Mm -hmm. Many people think of the warehousing or the logistics or supply chain very physically demanding. Mm -hmm. It involves long hours. It has shifts. Uh, the wages are lower. The benefits are lower. So this is one thing. 
The second thing which is touches upon the institutional knowledge is we have an aging workforce and we cannot deny this. Many of the workers today are nearing retirement age. Third thing that we see is skilled labor. We have a shortage in skilled laborers, and many of it is related to lack of focus to the logistics and supply chain. So, for example, to be a commercial truck driver, you need to be 21 years old. Many people will start a new career before they reach 21. They, they don't take the time. Second thing, the educational system is not focusing a lot or keeping pace with this, although I hope with all the challenges that we see and the uh, pandemic expediting the need for supply chain, that this will change. Mm -hmm. The last thing which is very important is we have limited participation of women in the supply chain. I was reading a Gartner report from last year. I think it was 30% of frontline supply chain are held by women which means that there is a significant untapped pool of talent that companies are not utilizing. Mm -hmm. But the good news here, and this is where I want to bring is, we can use technology, for example, like augmented reality and virtual reality to train workers better, mm -hmm. to train workers faster, to make their job more productive and safer. Many people don't know, but do you know that the warehouse is, has the highest number of accidents of any job in the world? Not uh, more than mining and others. Yeah. So the use of technology today, and I mentioned the term cobots before, which we refer to collaborative robots, where the robot and the worker work hand in hand, where the worker focus more on the uh, problem-solving skills and the robot will do the repetitive task. So this transition has to happen. And if you see today, I think as a consumer or as a worker, we are more advanced than what's used in the warehouse. So for example, each one of us, including my 10-year-old, uses an iPad, uses a new technology or an Android. I have a robot vacuum cleaner at home. <laughs> so the adoption is easy. The adoption is fast. And this is what we expect. So when companies start realizing that this uh, ease of use, this simplification should help them achieve results, Retain employees. Employee retention is a big thing also. Many people and young generation look at, find a job that gives them purpose, that's exciting for them. They don't want to go work in a warehouse with a pen and paper when the outside world is working all uh, digital. Mm -hmm. So this is where the update of the supply chain, the upgrade of the supply chain technology uh, is very important to attract talent and retain. Mm -hmm. I heard a great quote Absolutely. recently based on what you, you just said. And somebody was asked, will AI take our jobs and replace humans? And the response was, of course not, but people leveraging AI will replace people that don't leverage AI. And as, to your point, people want that technology. I love it. The next generation coming into the workforce want those tools to, to do their job better, to make their job more enjoyable and, and more value added. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to add another quote, which also I think one of my colleagues have shared it with me before. They say robots are not supposed to remove the person from the process. They are supposed to remove the That's robot right. from the person. <laughs> so eliminating these repetitive tasks. So let's talk a little bit about AI. Um, you, you mentioned a little earlier that in the uh, logistics day that you had recently, AI was top of mind and was identified as one of the top things that people are talking about at the moment in the logistics area. 
And it's certainly been the top of most discussions when we have podcasts over the last six months. So let's think logistics for a while. What are some of the use cases for AI that you've seen so far when it comes to logistics processes? And what do you project to be the use cases in the future? Very good. Uh, just allow me to uh, share one thing from experience and uh, just to avoid falling in the same trap that many companies fell in when blockchain was introduced. When blockchain was introduced, many customers, friends, colleagues will come say, I want to use blockchain. Find me a problem to solve. Mm -hmm. And this is never the right way to approach a, a new technology. Uh, most important is to identify the issue and then go find which technology can help me eliminate the pain and make things better. Why I'm saying this is AI has been very successful because the approach, I think it has been very different and the use cases are more tangible for everyone. So if I can look at SAP, uh, we have the concept of, I'm sure you heard it many times, design to operate. So starting from product design to manufacturing to planning, to logistics where I look after deliver and then talking about the uh, aftermarket, which is the service and maintenance. We have AI use cases across all the supply chains, starting from demand forecasting and sensing, quality and visual inspection, predictive maintenance and optimization and a lot more. And uh, before I share a logistics use case, I, want, I was reading also that one of our customers, John Deere, uh, they use AI for predictive maintenance and they save 20% of the cost of maintenance, which is very interesting. It's not new. It's been there for a long time. And now maybe it becomes more accessible and with the gen AI. Mm -hmm. So let me go back to the logistics space where I belong. The first use case I want to talk about, and let me call it embedded AI, is in SAP EWM. EWM is the extended warehouse management of SAP. And what we did is we used AI and machine learning for intelligent slotting to suggest how to optimize the warehouse and organize it. So where should we place the stock? If there is a promotion, we want to make sure that the fast moving is near the door and the golden zone. If it's a slow moving product, we want it to be at the end and so on. And this is a tedious job and requires a lot of uh, data. So with the use of machine learning and AI, all of this, the stock and replenishment process, product characteristics, demand forecast, the AI engine will take this into consideration to suggest the best uh, slotting for this specific material. For example, new product introduction, where do you store it in the warehouse? This is where the AI and machine learning slotting has been used. The second one, which I truly like a lot because I see a lot of customers suffering with is what we call it intelligent goods receipt. The customer we worked with is they have 60% of the incoming uh, deliveries without an ASN, which means without a document in an SAP system. They only have a hard copy. What used to happen is the inbound supervisor will take the hard copy from the driver and will key it in or try to enter it or scan it into the system. And it used to take them on average at least two hours to process every inbound delivery just to create the document in the system. What we suggested and we worked with them is having a mobile app that have an AI uh, application where we scan the document and the AI will automatically do all the mapping mm -hmm. 
and the validation and populate the document in an SAP system. And this saved them from two hours per truck to less than 10 minutes per truck. Imagine just the doctor stock time, availability of products, the labor that was used to do this, as well as the elimination of errors, the human errors when they used to key in. So these are the two use cases today that we have in the logistics industry. There is a lot of use cases specific to customers or on the roadmap, but these two I can talk about. They exist. That's awesome. I think it's so funny too, because AI was the problem solver, but now I also feel like AI is helping people find new problems to solve as well. <laughs> like it's almost like, you know, it's like you use it to figure out, okay, what about this scenario or this scenario? Now it's kind of helping you look ahead and be proactive and solve the issue before it's even something big. That's the key as well, Nicole. It's the fact it's identifying a problem, but also coming up with recommendations about how to solve that problem. Yes, exactly, exactly. And this is where Gen AI is coming. As I said, AI is not new. So it used to be used, I think, started in the 70s with mathematical applications okay. to crunch big data. Then they moved to images, identifying images and mm -hmm. so on. And now what we have is they are able to, as you come, identify the problem and the solution. Okay. Exactly. exactly. You, you mentioned sustainability a little earlier, and you gave the staggering fact that 60% of global emissions are from the supply chain or supply chains. And a very large percentage of that 60% comes from logistics. So how can logistics play a role in company reaching their sustainability goals and initiatives? Sustainability, as I said, is a very big topic today and we cannot ignore it anymore. I think we cannot anymore think of tracking or having visibility of where is my shipment, how much is the oil inventory without looking at how much greenhouse gas emission is this. And really, and there is a very nice article in the Harvard Business Review called Carbon Might Be Your Company's Biggest Financial Liability. I know we don't have time to uh, discuss the article today, but what I can say is many companies started considering their carbon liabilities. And uh, as you can see, the cost of pollution can't be ignored anymore. And as I said earlier, Europe is more advanced than North America in general in terms of liability, but many of the companies we work with are shipping to Europe, are working overseas. And there is a lot of rules and regulations that are coming and companies who prepare themselves early and start considering the importance of the carbon liability and reducing it will benefit a lot. And I mentioned this article because the name is enough to be an eye opener that uh, it's a big bill will come if we don't take care, companies do not take care of their carbon emissions. Cam, uh, we've touched on a lot of topics. We've talked about AI and their use cases. We've talked about labor shortages and it's tied to robotics and automation. And now the impact of sustainability and where logistics is a major contributor and a major area of opportunities. But when we talk about all of these things, how can SAP help? What areas can SAP provide capabilities and solutions to address some of these challenges? Very good. Let me start by talking about sustainability specifically, because SAP since 2019, we have committed to a, what we call zero emission by 2030. 
and it's a carbon reduction journey. And I want to give you an example just to see what we're doing. For example, we have reduced our paper usage by 88%. So it's approximately, I think, 73 million pages since 2009. Although we have increased our headcount by 126%. So this is just a simple example. And uh, if you visit any of the SAP offices, you will see the cups that we use, even the recyclable spoons. So SAP is committed in achieving zero emission and as part of our responsibility. Mm. This is one thing as SAP as an organization. And then let me continue with sustainability before we talk about the other thing. At SAP, sustainability is embedded in every process today. Every process you do from manufacturing to warehousing to transportation, everything, sustainability and carbon emission is there. And I want to give you an example about for example, transportation management system. In the past, when we used to plan transportation management, we used to consider service level and cost of transportation as the two key dimensions to decide the, which transport to do. Today, sustainability is a factor. Carbon footprint is a factor. So when companies are planning their transportation, they can decide that carbon footprint and decide that I don't want to send a parcel. I want to do an LTL or use a truck or a different mode of transport. So we're allowing companies to measure uh, carbon footprint across every process within their business and the carbon footprint liability. And this is very big and we see great uh, adoption for this today. The other things that we talked about uh, as we said, uh, robotics, I talked about the uh, warehouse robotics application, and we have a lot of customers using robotics today. And what's interesting is that it's not anymore something new. When we talk about EWM today, we talk about robotics as an extension of EWM. We talk an extension of our warehouse application. When you talk about AI, SAP has a great strategy for AI. And I give an example of what we call embedded AI when I talked about slotting in the warehouse, gave an example about bolt-in uh, AI when we talked about the inbound, the automating the goods receipt. But there is also a big part, which is an add-on AI, which comes by the partners. So we work with a lot of partners who are providing AI. So our customers have all the flexibility uh, to start using AI and benefits from that. In addition to the chatbot, which is Gen AI, that will help uh, SAP announce recently, that will allow the organizations to start using AI as part of their process. Uh, it will start with the human resource and procurement, like success factors and the procurement, but it would be across all the organizations, which means that uh, it's not only about uh, AI, it's also about having context to these decisions. So the AI engine is able to use the SAP data to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Amazing. So many incredible things that we're already doing and are coming. And I think the biggest thing that you said there at the end too is of course the ability for it to contextualize those decisions because we can see in AI, there can be bad data and then it just builds on it and builds on it. And all of a sudden you're getting information results that don't result into anything useful. So the fact that we can really build on these goals from a customer perspective, it's a bright future. I'd say we have ahead. Nicole, maybe I can add one thing here. Mm -hmm. Just you reminded me when you talked about the contextualized. Mm -hmm. 
is when we talk about the late order. So, for example, we all agree that disruption and uncertainties and pandemics and natural disasters will continue to happen. Yes. Which means that when an order is late, it's not enough to know it's late. I need to know, or a container is late. I need to know what's on this container, which customer is impacted, which production order is impacted, and what's the new ETA. And this is where also AI and visibility and data. So when we talk about context, we're talking about customer service having the same visibility of a, what's happening in my transportation. So it's bringing supply chain to the business. And really, this is the biggest value that I see today is the business have visibility on the supply chain mm -hmm. and bringing a context of every uh, disruption in the supply chain. Because the, the more time it takes for the business to know the more costly it is for an organization. Exactly. Every second counts. And Absolutely. customer satisfaction and customer service in that plays such a huge role. And AI being able, like you said, to have that visibility real time is huge. Because even as a consumer, from a consumer level to a corporate level, people just want to know where their packages are. If it's late or if it's not coming on time or if it's really delaying business and could be a force majeure at times, they need to have that visibility real time to be able to make those business decisions as quickly as possible. It's game changer. So completely agree. But you're all these awesome things coming up. And like you said, that we've already done. The future is bright. And I think this is a perfect ending question for you, Cam, because believe it or not, we're already at the end of the podcast. And I'm sure we could talk for another 30, 40 minutes because there's so much to say about it. But we ask every guest of ours the same question, and we are so excited to hear yours, what your answer may be here. So, you know, in a sentence or two, what is the future of supply chain from a logistics perspective? I would like to say that uh, supply chain is the future. Mm -hmm. Digital supply chain is where business happens. This is where products are designed, they are made, they are stored, they are shipped, and supply chain remains the highest influence on the business. So I would say the future of supply chain is positive. From a logistics perspective, we can expect to see a shift towards more collaborative and data-driven decision-making. I would see more alignment for common interests with trading partners, with suppliers, with co-packers, with carriers, with logistics providers. So we see a logistics network where all companies are optimizing their performance to maximize the business benefit. So at the end, they have a common focus on agility, resilience, and sustainability. Um, beautifully summed up. And thanks, thanks for a great conversation. You're welcome back anytime to the Future of Supply Chain podcast. Yes. Thank you both. It was great talking to you. Yes, thank you. And thanks everyone for listening. Please mark us as a favorite. You can get regular updates and information about future episodes. But until next time, from Cam, Nicole and I, 